on this week's episode of the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. NXT, rest in peace. Voice of the Voiceless returning to WWE. Guevara injured. Adam Cole out for several months. The first match has been named for AEW Full Gear. Jade going raw. And in our main event, we're going to be going over the fallout of the WWE PLE and the AEW's pay-per-view. We'll have all that and more, including the results of all the promo promotions that you missed this week. Well, make sure your wrists are taped up. And your boots are laced up. And step through these ropes. And ref, ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that covers everything in the world of professional wrestling. Now, making their way to the mics, your hosts, Kevin and Chris Newell. Alright folks, I know you missed us. I couldn't tell, because, you know, I didn't get any emails. We, we should get some soon. Yeah. Should be all right. Oh. Anyway. Well, welcome back to the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. And we are the father-son tag team duo taking on all, attempting to take on all wrestling promotions going on. Uh, we missed last week. We apologize for that. A lot has happened last week. A lot of big things in the news, and we'll definitely go over that in our main event. Um, but first, let's quickly go ahead and just get everything covered for anything that you may have missed in the world of professional wrestling. We'll go ahead and we'll start with WWE. All right, starting things off with Monday Night Raw. Uh, took place on October 2nd at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. First match of the night, you had Alpha Academy with Maxine Dupree at ringside taking on Imperium. Match lasted for about 10 minutes, 40 seconds, with Kaiser picking up the win for his team by pinning Otis. This leaves their records, Chad being at 22 and 34, Otis is 15 and 28, Ludwig Kaiser, he is 8 and 56 with one draw. And then Giovanni Vinci is 6-53 with one draw. <clears throat> Next up, we had Bronson Reed taking on Cedric Alexander in what looked to be a really quick squash match. A lot of Reed's matches are. Match lasted, yeah, that's true. Uh, match lasted for about 2 minutes and 20 seconds with, of course, Bronson Reed picking up the win by pinfall. This leaves Bronson records uh, uh, record to be 33 and 12 with one draw and Cedric's record be 4 and 12. Next match we had Xavier Woods with Kofi Kingston at ringside or at commentary rather taking on Ivar with No Valhalla at ringside. And his tag partner I think he's still Eric, out on injury. Yeah, he is still out on injury. Um, that match had lasted 8 minutes and 58 seconds. With Xavier picking up the win by pinfall with Ivar kind of slipping things up. So I guess when Eric and Valhalla are not at ringside, that's it. Next. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. Xavier's record is 10-9, and nine, while Ivar's is 10-24. and 24. 
uh, Ivar, after the match, Ivar started attacking Woods, and Kofi came in to try to help Xavier, but Ivar took out both of them. Next match, we had Tegan Knox taking on Chelsea Green with Piper Niven at ringside. Now, the reason for this was uh, Becky Lynch was uh, not medically cleared to have her title match with Tegan Knox. So, during that, Chelsea Green kind of came out with just kind of like fun to Tegan Knox match. Well, that match lasted for two minutes and five seconds, similar to Bronson Reed's match. With Tegan Knox picking up the win by pinfall, match lasted for, uh, like I said, two minutes and five seconds. With Tegan Knox picking up the win by pinfall, it's been a week, it's, so it's alright. At least they heard it twice instead of not at all. So match. nice, you got to say it twice, I guess. Uh, Tegan's record is at 12 and 15. Chelsea's record six and 26 with one draw. During that time, though. Tegan got jumped by both Chelsea and Piper, but Natalia comes out to save the day for Tegan. Ulterior alternative motive, ulterior motive? Maybe be the judge. Uh, next, we had Drew McIntyre taking on The Miz because Miz was still furious about uh, the week before uh, on Miz TV with Drew constantly telling uh, Miz to shut up. Well, that match lasted for about 3 minutes and 50 seconds with Drew McIntyre picking up the win by pinfall. Match la um, with the record for Drew being 25 and 9 with one draw. Miz, his record is 2 and 36. And for the main event, they had Tommaso Ciampa take on Gunther for Gunther's Intercontinental Championship with Imperium at ringside match lasted only for about 20, well, match lasted 22 minutes and 53 seconds, the longest match of the night, with Gunther picking up the win, but by forcing Tommaso Ciampa to pass out. This uh, leaves Tommaso's record at 8-7. Gunther's record is 36-37 with one draw. After the match, though, Imperium came out, came into the ring and started jumping Tommaso Ciampa. But during that, we had a surprising return, and that was Johnny Gargano himself. Johnny Wrestling came running out to, uh, at, to the aid of his former tag partner. That was the conclusion of Raw. Now we go on to NXT, where it was the October 3rd edition, taking place of course at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. First match, we had Butch and Tyler Bate team up to take on Gallus with Joe Coffey at ringside. Match lasted for 10 minutes and 7 seconds with uh, Tyler Bate picking up the win by pinning Mark Coffey. This leaves Butch's record at 28, uh, 20 and 28 with two draws. Bate's record is 24 and 9 with one draw. Mark Coffey's record is 23 and 6, and Wolfgang's record is 22 and 8. Uh, Post-match, Gallish jumps and attacks them after the match, but another person comes to save the day. It seems to be that kind of a theme going on with WWE nowadays, or this week anyway. You had um, a fellow uh, Brawling Brute member, Ridge Holland, come out to 
help Butch and Tyler Bate kind of even the odds. And next up, we have the uh, number one contender for the N- WWE NXT women's title. You had Lyra Valkyra, Indy Hartwell, and Roxanne Perez in a triple threat match. Winner becomes number one contender to go after Becky Lynch's title. Match lasted 11 minutes and 55 seconds with Lyra Valkyra picking up the win by pinning Roxanne Perez. This leaves Valkyra's uh, record at 25-9. Indy Hartwell's is an even 11-11. And Perez's record is 23-11 with one draw. Next we had Gigi Dolan taking on Blair Davenport with Gigi Dolan attacking Blair Davenport out of the out of the fog or what have you. Not her typical entrance. Trying to take the play uh, out of Blair Davenport's playbook there. Uh, match lasted 3 minutes and 48 seconds with Gigi Dolan picking up the win by pinfall with Dolan's record being 11 and 13 and Davenport's record being 12 and 4. Next match we had was the uh, first round for the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Winner would take on uh, women's champions on NXT. We had Kalani Jordan taking on Izzy Dane. Match lasted five minutes even with Kalani Jordan picking up a win by pinfall, leaving her record 9-13 and and Izzy Dane's record 1-9. Next we had newly formed tag team, if you will, J.C. Jane and Thea Hale in new ring gear as well. Second week we see her in the new ring gear. Quickly, your thoughts on Thea Hale's transformation from her cheerleader Chase U days to now running with J.C. Jane. It makes sense considering how that uh, title match ended up ending with with I think it was Chase the with Angela Andre Chase. Chase he threw in a towel for it, it makes sense I think I think so too I think it's a good change for her I yeah. really do I think she's actually found herself um, well they were taking on Electra Lopez and Lola Vice match lasted 4 minutes and 10 seconds with uh, Jason Jane and Thea Hale getting the win by uh, Thea Hale forcing uh, Electra Lopez to submit by putting her in the Kimura lock. Now you gotta, you gotta look at size here. Thea Hale, not all that big compared to Electra Lopez, and managed to win by forcing her to submit. That says something about Thea Hale right there. It does. About her strength. Uh, this leaves JC Jane's record at 9 and 16. Thea Hale's is 21 and 12. Electra Lopez's is 11 and 16, while Lola Vice's is Vices is 11 and 23. Next up, we have for the main event for NXT, the NXT North American title rematch between Dominic Mysterio and defending champion Trick Williams. After the after it switch hands at the pay-per-view. That again, no we're mercy. gonna get into that into the main event, because that was surprising enough to see that. You know, Trick Williams managed to pick up the win. Well, this didn't work out for him too well because Dominic this time had the full strength of the Judgment Day behind him. Constantly coming out and interfering in the match, 
which led to Dominic winning the title back. He is the very first, I believe, uh, person to be a two-time NXT North American Champion. I could be wrong on that statistic, but uh, as of right now, that's what I'm hearing. Dominic won by pinfall in 10 minutes and 22 seconds, and now Dominic's record is is almost neck and neck. He's 35 and 36 with one draw, and Trick Williams' record is 19 and 16. Now, prior to this main event match, we all know that Draganoff uh, had won the NXT title from Carmelo Hayes. And Carmelo I think that was Hayes, also at the paper. That, that also happened at the paper. Um, at one point during the NXT, uh, Draganoff came out to congratulate Trick Hayes and Trick Williams' title win. And, and everything like that, but then Carmelo Hayes was coming out, kind of insulting Trick Williams and saying, don't fall for this, da 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 you need to focus on the match with Dominic tonight. While this was going on, I picked up the audience, they were saying Car- uh, that Melo missed. That was their chant. And as you know, Melo's catchphrase is Melo don't miss. Well, at uh, No Mercy, Melo missed. Why? All right, moving right along, we'll quickly go over uh, WWE Main Event, uh, which aired October 5th, and it did take place at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. We have uh, two matches that took place there. We had Indy Hartwell take on Zaya Lee in a 5-minute and 20-second match with Indy Hartwell picking up the win by pinfall. This leaves Indy's record at 12-11, and and Zaya Lee still defeated at 0-13. And for the second match for the for main event, was we had Nikki Cross taking on Caden Carter with Katana Chance at ringside in a 6-minute, 54-second match with Nikki Cross picking up the win by pinfall. This leaves Nikki's record at 14-8, and and Caden's record, say what you will, the record's at 8-14. It's kind of funny how that's kind of... Next up, we have SmackDown uh, taking place at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis, Missouri on October 6th. Uh, first match of the night, we had Charlotte Flair and Asuka, two opponents that were going to be facing each other in a triple threat match in uh, Fastlane, which we'll be covering in the next episode, so hang tight. They teamed up to take on Damage Control. Uh, and representing damage control was Bailey and Neil Sky, the WWE Women's Champion, with Dakota Kai at ringside. The match lasted 13 minutes and 16 seconds, with Charlotte picking up the win by pinning Bailey. Flair's uh, record at this point until Fastlane: 33 and 16 with two draws. Oscar's record: 31 and 18. Dio Sky's record 16 and 41 with two draws, and Bailey's record 5 and. With this loss now, she has made her 50th loss this year. Congrats, Bailey. Uh, her record 5 wins, 50 losses, and two draws. At least she's not defeated. At least she's not defeated. Next match we have Rey, Myster- uh, Rey Mysterio with LWO at ringside, all members taking on Bobby Lashley with the Street Profits at ringside. 
this uh, match lasted for about 12 minutes and 48 seconds. Ray held his own in that match. You know, other than the fact, you know, that Bobby is like extremely bigger than he was. But that's why they call Ray Mysterio the littlest big man in all professional wrestling. <clears throat> like I said, match lasted 12 minutes and 48 seconds with Bobby Lashley picking up the win by pinfall uh, due to the fact that Street Profits had pretty much engaged in a fight with uh, the remaining LWO members, uh, taking out Joaquin, uh, Joaquin Wild and uh, Cruz, uh, Cruz, del Cruz Del Toro. And I think it was Joaquin that took the header straight into the steps. Oh yeah, enough of that. That was oof. Yeah, that was a big oof because I mean I saw it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that man actually has broken his neck. That would also explain why they weren't with the, the pay per view. Yeah, they, and more on that in the next episode. Um, Ray's record is 28 and 16, while Bobby Lashley's record is 18 and 7 with two draws. Next, we had Austin Theory taking on Dragon Lee. Yes, Dragon Lee was getting sick and tired of uh, his antics. But uh, at one point during the match, you had Grayson Waller come out to rah-rah for Austin Theory. Uh, but it didn't help because Dragon Lee picks up the win by pinfall in 9 minutes and 15 seconds over Austin Theory. So I'm suspecting this is going to continue on into uh, this coming week on SmackDown. Who knows? Uh, and then for the main event, we had LA Knight taking on Jimmy Uso with Paul Heyman at ringside. Ended uh, in about 7 minutes and 47 seconds with Solo coming out and attacking LA Knight, which resolves the match into the disqualification, but still counts as a win for LA Knight. Oh, I almost forgot, sorry. I almost forgot to put, say the win-loss records for Dragon Lee. Uh, Dragon Lee's record is 12 and 13. Austin Theory's is 47 and 34. Uh, back to the LA Knight Jimmy Uso match. Um, during that whole entire thing, also during SmackDown that night, you had an agreement between Rhea Ripley and Paul Heyman that Judgment Day and the Bloodline would join forces try to take out Cena, L.A. Knight. Uh, it, it didn't go well. And it, no. And Rhea Ripley over here saying to Paul Heyman to acknowledge her. It, it sounds like there's a power struggle between two factions here. Um, I don't know what it's going to lead to. I mean, they did announce Roman Reigns is coming back to SmackDown this coming Friday. So I don't know what all he has to say on that part because... As that happens, John Cena comes out to help LA Knight, and then their uh, Judgment Day is about to attack attack them, but all of a sudden, here comes Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes to help. And the four of them wipe out the Judgment Day and the Bloodline. So with this being done, I don't know what Roman Reigns is going to say about all that. Especially on top of what happened at Fastlane, which I should probably stop. You should about. really stop talking about Fastlane. A lot of stuff happened at Fastlane. 
a lot of interesting stuff, and we'll get over through that. Uh, and lastly, I'll wrap up WWE here with NXT Level Up, which also took place right after SmackDown. Um, took place at the Performance Center, of course. We had Kalani Jordan and Valentina Faraz teaming up against Izzy Dame and Tatum Paxley. Um, Izzy Dame and Tatum Paxley pick up the win with Paxley pinning Faraz in 4 minutes and 33 seconds. Records now uh, for Kalani Jordan was not, is 9 and 13. Valentina Faraz's record is 12 and 16. Izzy Dame's record is 1 and 9, and Tatum Paxley's record is 5 and 21. Second match of the night, we had Tyreek Igwe and Tyson Dupont teaming up to take on Javier Bernal and Luca Crucifino, the lawyer. Uh, match lasted 4 minutes and 43 seconds with Javier and Luca picking up the win with uh, Javier pinning Tyreek in 4 minutes and 43 seconds. Tyreek and Tyson's record still, this team, defeated at 0-7. Javier's record 4-26, and, and Luca's record is 7-15. And, and then for their main event for NXT Level Up, we had Dante Chen taking on Drew, Drew, uh, Drew Gulak with Charlie Dempsey, Damon Kemp, and Miles Bourne. No faction name yet for this team, for this group, uh, but those three men were at ringside for Drew Gulak in a 5-minute, 41-second match, which ended in pinfall in Drew Gulak's favor. This leaves the records for both men. Chen, his record is now 11 and 23. Drew Gulak's record is 11 and 8. All right, that wraps up everything for WWE. Chris has got what it happened on AEW. So on October 1st, the uh, starting off the week, we got Dynamite in the Stockton Arena in Stockton, California. They started off that that episode of Dynamite with a international title defense with Ray Fenix, the current champion, with Penta and Abraham Tez at ringside, defending against Ma Nick Jackson with Matt Jackson at ringside. Successful defense, it, last, it ended in pinfall and lasted 13 minutes and 44 seconds, bringing Ray's record, uh, Ray Fenix, not Rick Mysterio. Uh, his record is now 15-11, and uh, Nick Jackson's record is 16-8. Then you had Griff Garrison against Wardlow, Returning Wardlow. Yeah, uh, returning Wardlow against debuting Griff Garrison. Uh, he, he lost to... to Griff yeah. Garrison? Yeah, okay. uh, it, it ended by ref stoppage after just a minute and three seconds. Gr Griff, uh, again, it being his debut, is he's now 0-1. Wardlow is 10-2 currently after that match. Uh, then you had an AEW Trios tag uh, title defense where you had the acclaimed defending against, successfully defending against the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian uh, after 5 minutes and 18 seconds. Um, let's see, uh, who pinned who? I think Cass, no, Bowens pinned uh, Sabian. Okay. If I remember right. Uh, then you had, this brings their records to the Butcher being 4-23 and 23 as well as the Blade also being 4-23, and 23, Kip Sabian is 5-13, and 13. Anthony Bowens is 31-5, Max Castro is 33-4, and four. and uh, Gun, Billy, Billy Gun, right? Mm -hmm. Billy Gun, yes. I almost got confused with the other two. Uh, <laughs> Billy Gun is 19-2. and two. Then you had Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega 
Kind of unexpected tag team there. Very unexpected. Teaming up against Kyle Fletcher and Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, with Ome- and ended after 15 minutes and 15 seconds when Omega pinned Kyle. So, kind of interesting to see how that's going to unfold. I, I don't think Don Callis was too happy about that one. No, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't. Jer- this brings Jericho's records to 11-11. Omega's record at 12-8. and Fletcher is now 13-13. And, and Takeshita is 15-7. and Didn't something happen at the end of that match, too? Uh, I, I thought I, something happened where they uh, a new member kind of revealed himself for the Don Callis family. It was Powerhouse Hobbs. It was. He ended up attacking, if I remember right, Jericho. No, no, it was uh, he, Omega. Yeah, he, well, he attacked it, but attacked both. Attacked. He, attacked he attacked both. He attacked both. Yeah. Uh, then you had the main event for Dynamite, being that being, I think it was what, Timeless Tony Storm? Yeah, her new, uh, her new name, Timeless Tony Storm. De- debuting against Sky Blue. And successfully debuting, I guess, even though it's just really a new name. And, uh, this brings... Mental breaker. Uh, successfully winning by pinfall after 6 minutes and 49 seconds. Bring Storm's record to 21 and 10, and Blue's record to 21 and 20. Kind of similar there, except for the losses. Yeah. Uh, then you had, on October 6, Rampage in the same place, Stockton Arena in Stockton, California. This time, the first match was Best Friends and the Hardys teaming with Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, teaming against Angela Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager with um, Matt Menard, also as part of their team with Anna Jay at ringside. Uh, it, it seems Basically, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Former. Former, yeah. Uh, they didn't really win because Jeff pinned Garcia after 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Bringing everyone's records to Trent uh, is 12 and 22. Chuck is 10 and 18. Jeff is 7 and 10. Matt is 15 and 17. Angelo is 7 and 18. Daniel is 11 and 18. Jake is 4 and 10. And Matt is 7 and 19. And then you had Blackpool Combat Club being that being Claudio and uh, Wheeler Yuta mm-hmm. against Levi Shapiro and Wise Guy Ruiz. Uh, the, this sounds like a squash match because I've never heard of the other two guys. Uh, it, it was kind of like a debut because uh, after the match, Levi was only 0 and, he's 0-2 now and Wise Guy Ruiz is 0-1. So for Ruiz, it was a kind of like a debut and for Levi, it was like his second match. So Levi is now defeated. Uh, Claudio is 26-11. Wheeler Yuta is 13-14. Uh, Yuta ended up pinning Levi after 2 minutes and 39 seconds so I guess kind of a yeah, squash match it was um, I consider anything that's like under 3 minutes a squash match yeah that makes sense um, then you had uh, you, you remember the whole uh, Ring of Honor title thing and how Eddie Kingston had both two titles yeah yeah there he's was, got the New Japan Strong men's title and the there was a 4 way match uh for that title, which was won by C- Commander with Alex Abrahantes at ringside. Um, he defeated Johnny TV with Aaron a Solo, uh, Harley Cameron at ringside for him uh, against 
Lince Dorado, formerly of uh, Lucha House Party, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, and Penta El Zero Miedo, which I guess technically Alex was also in the corner of. Yeah, that was a, that caused some confusion for uh, the, those three guys. You know, they were looking like, at Alex like, "What the heck, man?" Because he's supposed to manage both, but either whoever. Also, wins it, it was the two. same for Lince. Lince was like, "What the heck?" So I guess he's like the he manages the luchadors in AEW. Good one. Um, again, Commander won that match at, by pinning Lint De Dorado, who was making his AEW debut. Yeah. Uh, after 10 minutes and 43 seconds, bringing his record to two and 13. Johnny TV's record is three and three. Dorado, this being his debut. Uh, for AEW is 0 and 1. Penta is now 13 and 14. Yeah, 13 and 14. Then you had for the main event of Rampage, Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida teaming against Marina Schaefer and Nyla Rose, where uh, Shida pinned Schaefer after 11 minutes and 8 seconds. This brings Hikaru's record to 8, uh, not 8, but 15 and 5. Chris Statlander's record being 18 and 2. Schaefer's record being 12 and 12 even, uh, and, Ni- and Nyla Rose's records being 11 and 13. Then on October 7th, Collision, you ha- at the Maverick Center in Salt Lake, Utah, or Salt Lake City, Utah, um, you had them starting off with a surprising uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship. Oh uh, yeah. Big Bill and Ricky Starks taking the titles from FTR. Uh, when Stark was not expecting that. No, I was not expecting that either. That took me by surprise. Uh, especially after all those matches they put on against Bullet Club. And that was like 30 minutes and everything. Yeah. And they still were... Instant classics. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's how they ended up getting a uh, match of the week twice. Yeah. In a while. With in us, a, yeah. Um, it ended when Starks pinned Harwood after 10 minutes and 55 seconds. Then the second match was Daniel or Brian Danielson. I was about to say Daniel. Ah, Daniel yeah, you were about to say that other Daniel name. Brian. Um, Brian Danielson against Kyle Fletcher, where Brian Dan- I was about to say it again. Hey. Danielson successfully pinned Fletcher after 15 minutes and 52 seconds, uh, where bringing his record to 13-3 and one, and Kyle is now 13-14 and one. Then. And after that, you had like some all-out fight between the Embassy and Blackpool Combat Bat Cub, which kind of confused us because we were like, they have what's going on here? Right. Um, and at first, we kind of thought it was supposed to be a transition to the next match, but they didn't really have a match. No. For collision. Well, it confused you. I knew what was going on. Yeah. Um. After that, you had Bullet Club Gold uh, with Jay White at ringside against Gravity, Metalik, and Angela with Sir Pentago at ringside, where Bullet Club Gold ended up winning after Juice pinned Metalik after 9 minutes and 27 seconds, bringing their record, everyone's record, to 17 and 8 for Juice Robinson. Austin is 16 and 6. Colton is 16 and 5. Gravity is still defeated 0 and 5. Metalik is de- defeated 0-2, and, and Angelo is also defeated 0-6. Uh, then for after that, you had the a- another AEW trio tag defense. Uh, this time, they're claimed against the Iron Savages. Um, a lot of weird stuff 
uh, should point out. With the Iron Savages? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Their terminology that they were using about beating uh, the acclaimed and everything, I was like, yeah, boys, you went too far on this one. Yeah. Uh, it ended when Max Caster pinned Jameson after 9 minutes and 48 seconds. Then for the main event, you had... Or not quite... Not, not the main event. There was still two other things. Yeah, Tony Storm, this time against Kiara Hogan. Oh, wait, I forgot to say the... Uh, Timeless. No, not that, but uh, the win-loss. Uh, you had Anthony is 32-5. and five. Max is 34-4. and four. Billy Gunn is 20-2. Bronson is... Three and six. Boulder is three and four, and Jameson is defeated 0 and two. So that's not looking too good for them so far. Then you had Tony, timeless Tony Storm against Kiara Hogan, where Tony Storm again won by pinfall after eight minutes and 27 seconds, bringing her record to 22 10 and one, and Kiara Hogan at 22 seven and one. Then the main event, you had a. Uh, Ring of Honor World Championship at this time Eddie Kingston after that uh, Fatal 4-Way now he's defending against Commander who won that match Uh, he successfully retained by pinfall uh, after 10 minutes and 1 second bringing his record to 11 3 and 1 and Commander to 2 and 14 that closes it out for AEW alright now we'll just go ahead and move on to things that are happening in Ring of Honor. Alright, so for the October 5th edition of Ring of Honor, taking place at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, we kick things off with a Ring of Honor Women's World Title match between Athena with Billy Starks at ringside, defending her title against Leela Hirsch. The match lasted 12 minutes and 13 seconds, with Athena picking up the win by pinfall leaving Athena still undefeated at 28-0, and 0, and Leila, Leila, sorry, uh, her record is 11-2. Next, we had Josh Woods with Mac, Mark Sterling. wonder how he's feeling now that Jade Cargill is now left. More hmm. on that in the main event. Uh, taking on Tyler Payne in a 1 minute 49 second match, winning by pinfall uh, for Josh Woods. Josh's record is now 8-6, and six, while Tyler's, with his debut, uh, not off to a good start for him already, 0-1. Next, we have Rocky Romero, friend, and a, a good friend of Christopher Daniels, challenging Christopher Daniels to a match. It match lasted 8 minutes and 32 seconds, with Rocky Romero picking up the win by pinfall, and leaving Rocky's record four and four, and Christopher Daniels' record at five and fourteen. Next, we had Scorpio Sky taking on Fred Rosser. Fred Rosser making his Ring of Honor debut. Match lasted five minutes and fifty-four seconds, with Scorpio Sky picking up the win by pinfall. And Scorpio's record is now st- he is still undefeated at two and zero, oh, and Fred's is at zero oh and one. Next up, we had a six-person uh, six tag match with Kira Hogan, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale in matching ring attire, mind you, taking on Lady Frost and the Renegades. 
Match lasted 5 minutes and 53 seconds with Nightingale picking up the win for her team by pinning Charlotte Renegade. Kiara's uh, record is now 6-2 while Sky Blue's record is 11-1. Nightingale's record is 13-2. Lady Frost's record 2-8 and, and Charlotte's record 1-6 and, and her sister Robin's record is 4-9. Next, we had Ethan Page taking on Invictus Kahash in a 2 minute 58 second match with Ethan Page picking up the win by pinfall, leaving his record also undefeated at 4-0, whereas Invictus is 0-2, now defeated. Next up, we had TMDK with Bad Dude Tito taking on the infantry with Trisha Dora at ringside. Match lasted 6 minutes and 41 seconds with Shane of TMDK pinning Bravo. Matt, and this leaves TMDK's record. I believe this was their debut. They pick up the win and now 1-0, both Mikey and Shane. Bravo and Sean's record, though. However, uh, Bravo's record 5-10, Sean's record at 5-11. Next up, we had Satoshi T uh, Kojima. It's hard to say. Uh, taking on Tony Nese with, again, Mark Sterling at ringside. He's trying to pick up new clients now, trying to make up for the lost one. Uh, that match lasted 7 minutes and 22 seconds with Tony Nese going around declaring that carbs are the enemy. Well, Satoshi pick up picked up the win by pinfall and getting his first victory in in his debut match being 1-0 whereas Tony Nese's record is at 4-13 next up we have a minion in training for Athena Billy Starks with Athena at ringside taking on Trish Adora now this match lasted for about 4 minutes and 6 seconds with Billy Starks picking up the win by pinfall, making her record 6-1 and, and Trisha Dora's record at 4-9. Next up, we had Darius Martin taking on Lee Johnson in a 6-minute and 52-second match with Darius Martin picking up the win by pinfall. This leaves Darius's record 15-10 and, and Lee Johnson's record at 1-7. Next, we had our four corner survival tag team match, which was basically a basically what it is is a fatal four way tag match. It was between Shane Taylor Promotions, Cole Carter and Griff Garrison, and Iron Savages, and the Workhorsemen. Now, this match lasted seven minutes and twenty four seconds, with Shane Taylor picking up the win by pinning Carter. Uh, Cole Carter um, like I said match lasted about 7 minutes and 24 seconds with uh, Lee picking up uh, his record being 10 and 3 Shane Taylor's record 10 and 9 uh, Carter Cole's record 5 and 5 Griff Garrison he's not having much of luck on Ring of Honor either uh, his record 1 and 6 the Boulder and Bronson both record Boulder your guy <laughs> you're nodding your head no one can oh, see yeah. you uh, 
We yeah, don't have the YouTube back. channel yet. Uh, bo- both Boulder and Bronson. And like I said, Boulder, your guy. That was funny. Uh, their record is five and four. Whereas uh, An- the workhorsemen, Anthony and Drake, their records are three and 16. For the main event, I'm telling you, these luchadors, they're working overtime. Gravity and Commander and Metallic teaming up with Alex. They did double work at least this week. The triple at least on, with Gravity and Commander. Uh, yeah, that's true. Alex Alberhentes at ringside for all three of these men, taking on Gringo Loco and Spanish Announce Project. Match lasted 8 minutes and 47 seconds, where Commander picked up the win for his team by pinning Gringo Loco. Now, this match was all over the place, pure Lucha Libre. I mean, if you saw this match, you would get a taste, just a taste, of what it's like watching CMLL or AAA wrestling down in Mexico. We are still trying to cover those promotions, too. I think uh, there was like three we're trying to look into right uh, now. Three or four. Um, Gravity's record, seven and three. You're giving me a weird look. I was trying to remember. Uh, we got to pick. We got. We would like uh, to pick up CML, the coverage oh, and of, AAA. Okay. Yeah. I was CMM, a uh, CMLL and AAA wrestling. We'd like to cover them. Uh, Not New only Japan that. Japan and NWA. Yeah, exactly. That was the four. As soon as we get a grip on those, may get those coming to you next year. Hopefully. Uh, Gravity's record seven and three. Commander's record is seven and two. Metalik's record six and seven. And then Gringo Loco's record one and eight, with Angelico's record three and five, and Serpentico is three and ten. That wraps up everything for Ring of Honor. Chris has got what's going on in Impact. For the October 5th edition of Impact, coming to us from the Graceland Live Arena in Memphis, Tennessee. Home of Elvis. Huh? Memphis, Tennessee, home of Elvis. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember now. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, they started off with a match where you had Tasha Steeles facing off against Killer Kelly with Masha Slamovich at ringside, uh, where uh, she successfully pinned Killer Kelly after eight minutes and thirty-seven seconds, bringing her record to four and two, while Kelly's record is now eleven and nine. Then you had a mixed uh, ten-man tag where you had Champagne Singh, Dirty Dango, Eric Young, Jake Something, and Jordan Grace with uh, Alpha Bravo ringside, successfully defeating Brian Myers, Bully Ray, Jody Threat, Killian King, and Shira. Uh, After Jake pinned Shira after 10 minutes and 19 seconds. This brings their more names, a lot of names. Hey, it's, you know, a good thing it wasn't a pay-per-view, because that would have been... Difficult a lot to, keep, to cover right it, there. It would have been difficult to keep track of. It's like it's like trying to do notes on the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, you had Singh. Uh, his record is 15 and 12. Dango is 11 and 9. Eric is 9 and 1. Jake is 7 and 3. Jordan is 9 and 5. Brian is 10 and 17. Uh, Ray is 8 and 9. Jody is 9 and 6. Uh, Killian King is 8 and 11. And Shira is 3 and 8. Then you had a Fans Revenge Lumberjack Strap Match 
where I guess they wanted to keep it in the ring. So the ring was surrounded by a bunch of fans with straps and they would like, uh, they would, oh, here. They start whipping guys that came out of the ring. Yeah. Uh, except Fan participation. That's what we like at Impact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ace and Bay successfully they won. Staple guns, yeah. Nah, that's more PCO and, uh, it's more PCO. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, more news on that later. <laughs> yeah. Chris you should does. like that. Because uh, something happened, I think it was towards the end. Uh, the, the fans did have a favorite during this match. Uh, they ended up not whipping uh, anybody from ABC too much. Yeah. Uh, it, the match ended when Ace successfully pinned Skyler uh, after 8 minutes and 21 seconds. Then you, this brings their records to Ace Austin being 21 and 6, Chris Bay being 22 and 6, Jay Vidal. Uh, being one and four, and John Schuyler being three and thirteen. Then you had Moose with Brian Myers at ringside against Pubinder Gunjer, uh, where Moose won by pinfall after two minutes and fifty-five seconds. Uh, some slight issues with the win-loss there. Um, sorry about that. Oh, okay. Um, it's all right. Uh, I think. After this match, or if it was the main event, you had uh, Steve Macklin come out. Uh, and then, so Steve Macklin's back. Yeah. Oh, it, it was it was after this match, because he wanted the case that he won uh, the uh, Feast or oh, Fire. That, that one that we were so confused about. Yeah. It was like the, the combination of a... It was like some weird thing involving money in the bank. Okay. That I remember we compared it to. But he wanted the case back because Moose knocked it out of its, his hands after he climbed up and got it down. Uh, and then you had PCO come out at one point. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I had something on that. Well, we're going to relive this, are we? Um, and I, th- I remember somebody else coming out, but I don't remember their name. Uh. Anyway, we should have notes on that somewhere, but I'm sorry. Uh, then for the main event for Impact, you had Josh Alexander against Khan with Dina at ringside, where Josh Alexander won by pinfall after 12 minutes and 53 seconds, bringing his record to 8 and 52, while Khan's record is 4 and 13. And uh, Chris Sabin was a commentary. Oh, okay. Trying to keep an eye on competition. All right. Yeah, because him and him and uh, Alexander have a match coming up at their next pay per view. Okay. Well, uh, what I'll do for what we'll do next here is uh, go ahead and get a lesson in pro wrestling history. This week in wrestling history. All right. A lot has happened in this week in wrestling history. We'll start off with uh, October 1st in 1993, Eastern Championship Wrestling presented NWA Bloodfest Part 1. Uh, the show, which headlined Terry Funk taking on Jimmy Snuka, uh, was the first ECW event booked by future owner Paul Heyman. So this was before they became Extreme Championship Wrestling. They went by the name Eastern Championship Wrestling and was a part of the NWA umbrella. 
it also saw the ECW debuts of both Sabu and Taz in a match against each other. Birthdays on this day. One of them, uh, you may remember, is he uh, Hector Guerrero, Eddie's uh, older brother, Hector Guerrero. And I think th it was this brother that was in the uh, gobbledygooker costume during that, that infamous Survivor Series uh, with the giant turkey costume. Yeah, Chicken, turkey, I mean... <laughs> uh, moving right along, we got October the 2nd in 2000, after Vince Russo vacated the WCW World Heavyweight Championship he had won several days prior to on Nitro, Booker T defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the vacant title. The match was a San Francisco 49ers match, which saw the belt and three mystery items held in boxes on poles in each corner of the ring. Other items included uh, one of them being a framed photo of Scott Hall, the late Scott Hall. Uh, birthdays on this day. Uh, we had Paul Bosch, a legendary wrestler, uh, born in 1912, uh, was born on this day. I didn't get enough time to get the uh, deaths or anything like that. Uh, we also have legendary wrestler and, believe it or not, member of the blood, uh, would-be member of the bloodline, because he is a part of that family, Yokozuna. Uh shares a birthday on this day going right along we have October 3rd 1991 WWE presented their first event from the historical Royal Albert Hall in London England the event was headlined by a 20-man battle royal with the winner taking home the Royal Rum the Royal some uh, of our trophy the match, which uh, was won, of course, by the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, representing his country. Birthdays on this day, Johnny TV himself, John Morrison, has a birthday on this day. Uh, one half of the Basham brothers, Danny Basham, and Bullet Bob Armstrong shares a birthday. Armstrong, who is the, I believe, the grandfather of uh, one road dog. Jesse James from Degeneration X. October 4th, 1975. Tragic one. Uh, Rick Flair was among passengers involved in a plane crash on approach to Wilmington Airport in North Carolina. The plane had uh, its passengers being Rick Flair, David Crockett, Bob Bruggers, Tim, Mr. Wrestling Woods, and Johnny Valentine. Although none of the wrestlers passed away, the only person that had passed away was the pilot. His name was Joseph Michael Farkas. He slipped into a coma and died two months after the incident. This was the uh, infamous plane crash that nearly broke Ric Flair's back and, was, and he was at risk of losing his career. This was before he became Nature Boy. Uh, birthdays on this day you've got Chief J Strongbow and uh, of course you have Abyss and Linda McMahon 
shares a birthday on this day. Move on to October the 5th. In 1997, WWE presented In Your House Bad Blood from the Kyle Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, this was a legendary event. It had it had a lot in this. Uh, it was to mark a lot of firsts in wrestling history. One of them being the very first Hell in the Cell match that took place between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, which was very, very brutal, and it did have them crawling outside of the ring and onto the ca- outside of the cage as well. But it also, I mean, ultimately Shawn Michaels did win, yes, but it also had the debut of Kane. Kane debuted that day, or that night. Uh, see, I'm, I'm just looking at, at, into this. Uh, after this particular event, it would lead to the infamous Montreal screw job at Survivor Series between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Because the winner of the match would take on Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Birthdays. We have to, uh, we have Joaquin Wilde sharing a birthday on this day, as well as uh, the ex-wife of uh, Goldust or Dustin Rhodes, Terry Reynolds. Uh, next, we have it was make sure here I got the right dates. Friday, October the sixth. We had Gorilla Monsoon pass away due to complications brought on by diabetes at the age of 62. Uh, he was a Hall of, Faming, Hall of Famer wrestler as well, best known as commentary and uh, wrestling analyst icon. Uh, birthdays on this day, you have a former owner of what was once TNA, now Impact Wrestling, Dixie Carter as well as legendary WWE wrestler, Hall of Famer, Bruno Sammartino. Then, Saturday, uh, not Saturday, <laughs> sorry, October the 7th, 1988, Rockin' Robin defeated Sensational Sherry for the WWE Women's Championship. She reigned as and now Rockin' Robin reigned as WWE Champion until the title was deactivated in 1990. It's a pretty long reign, I guess. I it, think. From well, about a two-year reign. Well, if you, she was, what, the, the last champion for it? And then it got revitalized in the late 90s. It got brought back during the late 90s. Uh, birthdays this day, you have Aiden English who is a commentator now for uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, you have Caitlin, who was a former Divas champion. And of course, celebrating his, birth- his birthday on this day as well, Rhino, celebrating his birthday. All right, that closes out everything as far as uh, the week in history and in birthdays. So right before we get into the main event, let's get into... It's now time for the Cross Promo Wrestling News. Get into the news. Yes, we're getting to the news. All right, Chris, you go ahead. What do you got? Uh, let's see. What I think it was it Friday that this happened. 
where there was this promo and at the end of the thing they had uh, oh for the, um, uh, it was during Smackdown right I think okay go ahead yes. um, well just kind of going off memory I haven't actually read the thing yet there, there was the the little the bell toll that they have for the Undertaker they they the played gong. that at, yeah they had that play and uh, you had both of us kind of theorizing what I thought he was retired what's he going to be doing at NXT Uh, We never really finished theorizing what's going on. We Uh, still have no idea. uh, My theory is Halloween Havoc for NXT is coming up. He's probably going to be the host. That's what we ended up coming to. I mean, we may be seeing a few of uh, his classic matches. We may see uh, the famous casket match. We might. Um, Let's see. Undertaker will be going to NXT. During a promo for the upcoming episode of NXT... At the end of the promo, we all hear a familiar sound, the gong of the dead man. On the next episode of NXT, we have already been told that John Cena will be there in uh, Carmelo Hayes' corner when Hayes faces Braun Breaker with Paul Heyman in his corner. That There's some theorizing going on there as to what's going What's Paul Heyman doing in Breaker's corner? John Cena. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. That makes sense. Oscar. 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 Asuka will also be taking on uh, Roxanne Perez and Gallus teaming up uh, and taking on the Brawling Brutes on that episode. I'm sure there's weirder ways to say Asuka, though. Let's see. I'm not, we're not going to go into all of them here. Yeah. Like, just there's weird ways to mispronounce names in general. Very much so. All right. Um, next up for the news CM Punk a possible WWE return possible Uh, Dave Meltzer uh, of the Wrestling Observer has reported that both WWE and CM Punk are locked in talks for a potential return according to Meltzer his sources informed him there is no deal made yet from Punk's camp uh, that is intention in his um, there's no deal made yet but from CM Punk's side there is intention to return to WWE if you recall uh, CM Punk and and WWE didn't really part ways really well back in 2014 Uh, it led to WWE giving him his release papers on the day of CM Punk's wedding Oof. Uh, which Vince McMahon had later apologized for. Uh, during this week, though, there have been many subtle, and I mentioned this when we were watching Fastlane, many subtle references to, uh, T- uh, to well, CM Punk. What was it again? It was it was something you said that they took from his Twitter or something like uh, that. Something that he had on his Twitter account on f- that happened. Uh, that I think it was. Uh, Michael Cole said about him, uh, he lives his life on the edge of a lightning bolt or something to that effect. CM Punk had said that years ago before leaving WWE. This was, I believe, when he was getting ready to face The Rock at the Royal Rumble or The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I cannot remember which or when, but he did post that. Um, So let me give you some of uh, examples here. Corey Graves during Raw mentioned in when talking about the uh, Seth Rollins and Nakamura, uh, Nakamura match coming up on Fastlane, uh, the, he said, "Quote: 
The greatest trick the devil ever played was making the world forget that he existed. Punk has used had used that at one time during a promo when he was wrestling for Ring of Honor. Michael Cole yet again also dropped somewhat of a, somewhat of a hint uh, when he was interviewing Seth Rollins for the upcoming match on Raw, calling uh, Seth a puppeteer and a manipulator. Punk said something similar to that effect as well when he was in Ring of Honor. He said that the Ring of Honor uh, is his stage, his theater, and everyone is his puppet and he pulls the strings. Uh, and let's not forget when Rollins said that he is when when promoting this match as well said that he's at a hundred percent and he is the best in the world CM Punk has used that phrase in WWE saying he is the best in the world so there, there's many references and it's all surrounding Seth Rollins if you notice if you also remember in an interview uh, earlier this year when uh, someone was interviewing Seth Rollins in regards to CM Punk and asking him if he was to ever come to WWE uh, Seth simply said oh Philly Phil stay, you know stay away from me man you're a cancer you know something like that so and it's all revolving around Seth Rollins here so I'm sensing you think those two are gonna end up having a rivalry they may have a rivalry you know Survivor Series is coming around to Chicago at the end of November. If he's going to show up, it'd probably be that. That would be the time, and that would be the best time to take on Seth Rollins as well. Who knows? Or declare, hey, I want a piece of that title. Who knows? What do you got, Chris? Sammy Guevara concussed. Oh, boy. CM Punk might be coming back. CM, uh, not CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk's going to be coming back, and uh, Sammy Guevara got injured. Uh, it has been reported by Del Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer that Sammy has suffered a concussion at WrestleDream last week and is not cleared for Dynamite. With being sidelined this week, Sammy has was replaced in his match with Jericho and Omega by Kyle Fletcher, and Sammy will be returning once he has been cleared by medical personnel. You know, I was wondering why they got Kyle Fletcher in now, that match. I was kind of confused by that at first, and that was why. It makes sense now, yeah. All right. Well, going on with AEW injuries oh, no. and injuries theme, at Russell Dream, Adam Cole is now surgery bound. Oh, okay. um, good, good injury news. Yeah. Uh, during his Twitch live stream earlier this week, Adam Cole said that he will soon be the proud owner of eight new screws and a plate in his ankle. That sounds painful. Very. Uh, he, sa he said, quote, it's incredibly painful. <laughs> I guessed right. <laughs> uh, continuing on with his quote, uh, it's the most painful injury I have ever had. Uh, if you all can remember, during the main event match at uh, the Dynamite Grand Slam, where you had Samoa Joe taking on MJF for the uh, AEW world title, uh, Adam, Adam Cole came out, and the way that a AEW had the ramp entrance ramp set up, it didn't go at an angle down to the to the arena floor. It still was a ramp that just went straight out and connected to the ring. 
to the ring apron. Adam Cole came running out, jumped off of the stage, and landed in a very awkward position to where it had broken, he had broke his ankle and had torn uh, several ligaments that are now going to have to be surgically repaired. Um, as of right now, he's going to be expected to be out of action for several months. So as far as the state of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, I don't know. Either MJF will... may have to vacate them. Uh, if they don't, if they just don't have to defend them for a while, one of the two. They no, might end up. They no. might end up forcing him to vacate. Though. They may force him to vacate now with this news. Uh, what do you have, Chris? Uh, and the that match that was again more AEW news. Um, for 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 full gear, uh, we have uh, MJF versus Jay White. Uh, the main event has been set up for the upcoming pay per view uh, for AEW with full gear next month. The main event has is expected to be Jay White versus MJF for the AEW World Championship. This has become crazy with MJF stealing MJF's title belt and even... You, uh, Jay, you mean Jay White stealing MJF's title belt? Yeah, Jay White stealing... Yeah. What did I say? You said MJF stole MJF's title belt. He would do something like that, wouldn't he? Just to get attention, probably, yes. <laughs> no, sorry for that. Uh, White, Jay White did steal MJF's title belt and has been over here just parading around with it. And if you ended up starting AEW at this time, it would probably be confusing. If, yeah. If they have on the title card that they have MJF defending his title, but uh, Jay White's the one walking around with it. Yeah. Like, that would probably be kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and it, so far, despite it theorizing to be the main event, it has been the first match announced okay. for the pay-per-view card. Okay. All right, well, uh, to close out the news, we got Jay Cargill. We're going to talk about her in the main event, uh, but she's expected to be on Raw. Uh, PWInsider.com has reported that the new WWE roster member, Jay Cargill, will, be, will more than likely be debuting on Monday Night Raw. Cargill has, kept, has been keeping very busy getting everything ready to enter uh, as far as introducing herself to the WWE universe. She took to social media asking fans who her first opponent would be, or in her words, victim, quote unquote, uh, then followed up with the hashtag WWE Raw. Uh, Jade is currently training right now at the WWE Performance Center and is expected to debut sometimes, sometime towards the end of this month as far as her in-ring debut. All right. Well, with that said, it's time. Time for the cross promo main event. All right, so um, it's time for us to talk about what we missed last week. All in all, uh, we'll start with, of course, um, WWE's No Mercy. Now the title changes that that had happened. Of course, you had um, you had. Car uh, Carmelo Anthony losing his title. Car not Carmelo Anthony. That's Carmelo Hayes. Play. Carmelo Hayes losing his title. There's been a lot of mess ups this episode, folks. Yeah. Please bear with us. It's been a week. I've been suffering from gout. Yes, I'm that old, apparently. 
and we've had a lot of things going on in our personal lives. It happens. Life happens. And we are, we are currently wearing the damn helmets. Now, um, you had Carmelo Hayes losing his NXT title to uh, Ilya, uh, Ilya Dragunov. And uh, then, of course, you had Dominic losing his title to Trick Williams. But, of course, you had... Becky Lynch retaining her title in the main event, which was the, uh, uh, was it a, um, extreme rules match? I believe it was with Tiffany Stratton, which was I think a it was. whole other side of Tiffany Stratton. We never thought we'd see since she was like this little princess or whatever. It was that match also that, uh, Becky Lynch suffered a gash on her arm that needed yeah, several that stitches. Was... I, I remember they, they showed that, I think, on uh, Monday Night Raw. They did. Or Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, one of the two. No, it was, it was Raw. I, I know we watched both of them. It, so was, it raw. was one of the two. It was Raw that they and showed that. No, it, that did not look fun. No, that, that no, it like did that, not. That, it looked worse than the whole staple gun thing. Yeah. Uh, she needed the, that staple gun. Um, I know, We're not going to discuss it anymore here because that oof. Yeah. I almost forgot we were needing to talk about match of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. Uh, we can include that here right now. I um, want to say that, that f- uh, trip, not triple threat, but fatal four away with, uh, with three loots yes, for uh, Eddie Johnny Kingston. TV. Yes. That I one. Would, I want to say that one. I'm going to say that one as well. That one was... That one was pretty good. I got to say, I'm a fan. I'm a big, huge fan of Lucha Libre. I'm a big fan of Luchadors. I will forever be a fan of Lucha Libre. Uh, back to the main event now. Um, what was your take of, of everything that happened on uh, at No Mercy? Um, was not expecting those title changes. Um, well, I don't think at least I wasn't expecting Dominic to lose the title. Well, I don't know. I mean, no judgment day at ringside. Everyone out was out on injury or was just absent. So I think in that case, yeah, I think we could have expected him to not to lose that title. Right. Uh, as for the match with Dragunov, I, w- I was betting on him to win that one. Yeah. I, I kind of thought so, too, because uh, the first one was really, really good. And, dra- and Hayes... It seemed like he squeaked by on that one, and this time, you know, got his comeuppance. He, he, he missed. He missed. He did. He definitely did. Uh, but the big one, most of all, of course, was the news, of course, of Jake Cargill signing with WWE. That became a big deal. Um, Insta, uh, in, you know, social media it done explodeth, and. Um, I mean, there were photos of, of her in the ring getting training and everything. And then, uh, of course, the video of her walking into the performance center uh, itself. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see these posts of dream matches, you know. And then me just saying now that she's going to be going to Raw, which I... Again... We don't critique promotions because we don't run promotions ourselves. But if I were, and I'm just saying this as a fan, it'd be better for her on SmackDown because you've already got two big name, big name women 
for the women's division, you got Rhea Ripley and you got Nia Jax on Raw. So they, so those two can probably go at it just by themselves. Yes. And throwing the own. Oh, you, th- you think they're trying to build to like a triple threat situation? I'm. I'll be there? honest. I hope not, because in my personal opinion, I'm not a big fan of triple threat matches anymore. In the beginning, I was. I mean, you had the classic triple threat match that happened in. Uh, well, the only one that I, I actually was interested in, kind of, sorta, until you know recent events by one certain wrestler kind of made me change my opinion on him. Um. Uh, but it was the uh, triple threat match at the main event of WrestleMania where Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the wrestler I'm not going to name because we don't need to be naming him after the actions that he pulled uh, in a triple threat match for the world uh, heavyweight title. That was one of probably the only favorite. Well, I, I got to take that back. There are two. Uh, the one that is my most favorite was the uh, WrestleMania 22 match with Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, and Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship where Rey Mysterio came out the winner. Uh, I remember exactly. It's it was it's like the, I hate to say it, well, no, it's kind of like the moon landing for, for the older generation. You know, where were you when the man landed on the moon and you saw the broadcast? In this case, where were you when Rey Mysterio won the main title in any promotion he was ever in and i could tell you i was at a uh movie theater where you could go in and pay uh like five ten bucks to go in and watch pay-per-views and theaters used to be cheap yeah and uh your mother and i went to this theater and watched the pay-per-views and the seats it was completely full so we were sitting in the lobby watching this pay-per-view go down and watched um they this is when they inducted eddie guerrero the late eddie guerrero into the hall of fame because he had died the year previously this was after you were born actually this was the first wrestlemania after your birth and um uh then we watched that triple threat match and this is when Eddie Guerrero's not Eddie Guerrero, I'm sorry, Rey Mysterio's theme music changed uh, originally it was a rap version of what you hear now and th- and this one introduced uh, cla- uh, instant great band P.O.D. Uh, singing, singing his entrance as he walked out in traditional Aztec headgear ready for battle, ready to fight ready for war and the storyline was perfect I loved I loved the storyline behind this triple threat match because uh, at that Royal Rumble, Rey Mysterio won the Royal Rumble and was going to head to WrestleMania, but was antagonized by Randy Orton. Uh, by and Randy Orton used this tactic of saying, you know, you keep uh, dedicating the memory of the of the match to Eddie Guerrero's memory, and you keep looking up there. He's not up there. He's down there. He's in hell, you know, and th- that that really hit personally with Ray and wanted to challenge or wanted to take on uh, Randy Orton. So Randy Orton put Ray, uh, Ray Mysterio's title shot at Ray, at WrestleMania on the line at, uh, I think it was no way out and Ray lost and he lost in a dirty way. He didn't lose clean and, um, 
he wanted to be back in the WrestleMania main event, and Teddy Long uh, came out and said, you know, I can't, uh, <clears throat> I can't take away from the match. You know, Randy Orton will face Kurt Angle for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania, but I can add to the match. And he made it, and Teddy Long made it a triple threat. And that's when it was like, okay, Ray's back in it. He's going to have, you know, this will be good. And a lot of people had mixed feelings about it. They were like, really? Rey Mysterio taking on two guys bigger than him? And I'm like, come on. It's it's not the size of the dog in the fight. or It's not it's the size of the of the spirit, the heart, you know. And Rey Mysterio's got a lot of, a lot of heart. And uh, when Rey won that match, that theater lobby exploded and I can hear people in the theater go nuts too uh, after Ray won uh, but yeah that that triple threat match we, we trailed off here I'm sorry <laughs> we did didn't we we went down uh, memory lane um, oh okay we were talking you were talking about a possible triple threat match between Nia Jax Rhea Ripley and I believe uh, Jade Cargill Jade Cargill I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would put Jay Cargill in SmackDown to where I think you said to where she can go against Charlotte. I she think, can go I against Charlotte, she can go against Asuka, she can make the women's division in, in SmackDown a little more uh, if anything as interesting as Raw's women's division is right now with Rhea Ripley headlining everything. Because with the women's division right now on SmackDown as a fan from a fan standpoint and feel free to say what you feel about this Chris I feel it's lacking right now and if you're comparing the div- the women's division in AEW or not AEW um, in, as far as WWE goes in Raw, NXT and Smackdown Smackdown comes in at third with the women's division Raw comes in at first NXT it's like right there stuck in the middle I feel what what I mean? I want to say it's trailing behind too. Okay. Why and why you think why you think that? Um, not seeing a whole lot of title defenses. Well, no, wait, that would. No, yeah. Well, you know, despite being a lot of in a lot of matches, we haven't seen like a whole lot of build up towards certain things happening. Um, we also haven't really seen. We've seen next to nothing as far as tag team title defenses. Uh, out of that tag team so I guess technically with them it's supposed to be all three shows but I guess they would kind of started that whole thing on Smackdown and then you have uh, uh, well I think it was Alba Fire and Isla Dawn they were yeah the, the they were coming team. out saying that they put a curse on the belts they were the ones that did it um, which is trying to fire up the tag division but it's kind of hard to do when Chelsea Green and Piper Niven are only on Raw we We've never seen them on SmackDown. I don't know if you noticed that. Have you? I haven't. I I haven't seen them on SmackDown. And the whole purpose of the women's tag titles, it's like the undisputed tag, tag titles for the men's. You go on both shows. Even though Roman Reigns is only on SmackDown. No, with the undisputed tag titles. Oh, wait. The Not the animal. undisputed universal title. That stays on SmackDown. But if you've got the tag titles, 
you've got both Raw and SmackDown titles. You're going back and forth between shows, either Raw or SmackDown. And then with the women titles, it was all three shows. Yes, because they had somewhat, I guess, merged uh, the main roster tag t- women's tag title and the NXT women's tag title. Kind of wondering when they're going to do that for the men's tag title now. Something's going to be happening because we're seeing a lot of main roster uh, wrestlers coming onto Smack onto NXT now. I mean, you got John Cena, you've got Cody Rhodes also coming to NXT next week. Oh, and then we also have the issue of AEW being on Tuesday. I don't know if it. I think it's just for like this one Tuesday because of a sport event thing. It is. Um, it's because of I, I believe hockey. Hockey season starting on TNT or TBS, and Dynamite is moved to Tuesday just for that week, which is probably why WWE has kind of beefed up their their I match cards uh, for this coming week. But yeah. again, as a fan opinion, also make kind of makes you wonder: Was WWE planning the whole thing with Cody Rhodes' announcement to be for this, since they thought that hockey might? Because isn't that I don't, usually on I don't like think a, so. a schedule? I don't know. And it's like if one of their uh, the people they're competing with has to move, and that could interfere with their stuff. I mean, it would make sense to move some stuff around or be, to be ready in case that has to happen. Yeah, like a security plan or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, then also later, uh, also this week that has happened. It happened at Wrestle Dream. We had. Uh, great matches at Wrestle Dream. We did, I gotta say. Uh, but then one of them being Edge. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Edge is on AEW now, coming Except- to AEW, but he's now under his real name, Adam Copeland. Yeah, we're still gonna call him Edge. No, yeah, well, we're maybe, gonna refer maybe to we'll him go as back Edge. And f- we'll probably end up going back and forth. But it, it was a shock. It was. It was a shock because we didn't know if it was someone else that was going to be coming to the aid of uh, we were like of Darby Allen. Someone's going to come to his aid. It's probably going to be Sting, and then you hear Edge's music. And, well, Sting did come out, and then it's like, okay, Nick Wayne just turned on Darby, and Nick Wayne's mom is shocked. Who's gonna? Who's the third person? And then we hear Edge's music, and that kind of threw us for a loop, uh, at well, least for a few I, seconds. I, I jumped out of my chair. Y- yeah. And for, I think for the rest of the night, as far as notes went, you were just kind of in shock about that. Because uh, oh, we weren't expecting Edge on no, AEW. No, no one was. It just came out of left this field. This was a real big kept secret. And, I mean, then you had... Dynamite, him confronting uh, Christian Cage and Christian, and you know him offering to be tag teams, uh, to be a tag team again, and and that would have been cool because uh, also when that happened, you had me being like uh, saying we got the we already got the Hardys on AEW, right? It looks like we could get Edge and Christian on AEW. What if you had uh, the Dudley Boys, right? If you had the TLC match again. That could that could that be really could have big. been that could that could have been good, but in this case, Christian Cage just simply, well, I guess for said three words to Edge that basically meant no. Yeah, we have to. And now we've that. now coming up, we've got Edge versus Luchasaurus, 
and I mean I, I don't know what's to come of this this is going to be his in-ring debut and I'm really hoping he pulls through with the win um, I think he is but I'm still surprised I'm I'm still in the after, afterglow of Edge being on a different company when he has wrestled for basically one company for 25 plus years and that's WWE and with the whole Jade Cargill and CM Punk thing coming up, I think that's funny because you have it's like they're a response almost. In a way, it's like, oh, okay, you signed Jade Cargill. Well, guess what? We got Edge now, and now WWE is going to be coming. Well, okay, you got we're going to go get CM Punk. You got Edge, right and we got CM Punk, and it's like, okay, who else? I mean, this is the, this is like it's the a, Monday Night Wars all over again because yeah. when it was it was first starting. You had Razor Ramon, who no longer was wrestling for WWE. You see him on Monday Night Nitro coming through the crowd, and you're like, wait a minute. What are they doing here? What is Razor Ramon doing oh, on wait, WCW? I forgot. I forgot it was uh, Razor Ramon, and then later on, uh, Diesel. Became, yeah, and then Diesel shows up, and it's like, what is going on? You know, you get thrown off with so much, and then... You know, then all of a sudden you're getting more and more guys that are jumping ships and you get Bret Hart and all these other people. And you're like, what is going on now? You got you got WWE guys wrestling for WCW and you get some very little amount of WCW guys going to WWE. And then uh, didn't someone go to WCW with the WWE belt? That one was Alundra Blaze. And that was the one where she symbolically dumped the women's title in the... Uh, now, since CM Punk still has his belt from AEW, you think we might be facing another situation like that? That very well could happen, I feel. Either that Because or... no one took the title from him, technically. It just He just got kind of fired yeah. twice. Twice. Yeah. And that... Oof. Well... I don't know with with the way things are right now with WWE as a company Vince McMahon is no longer in control if you look at it uh the whole curtain thing yeah behind the curtain thing Vince McMahon is no longer in control Endeavor has bought WWE and in WWE and UFC are under one umbrella company I think it was like a TKO or TKO something. And CM Punk used to fight for UFC, so he knows how UFC is ran. So that's probably why it's a lot of people are like, you know, CM Punk can come back now because, you know, WWE isn't ran by Vince anymore, technically. And it could be ran a bit, uh, it could probably be run better and everything like that. So we could be seeing CM Punk coming back. I'm really hoping so because the way that. I'll be honest, in my opinion, the way AEW had treated him, didn't like it very much. And he thought going into AEW was like, okay, this is a professional wrestling company that's not WWE. And it's basically a big company to be the voice of the voiceless. And CM Punk, when he got to AEW in one of his promotions, he said, I, this is such a great place. I can no longer be the voice of the voiceless. You know, but then you had issues with he had issues with the elite. He had issues with uh, Jungle Boy. 
something about glass. Uh, I mean, it, it's like he was trying to work with what he had and try to be professional. But then there are people that just obviously that for some reason didn't want him there. And I mean, it, it was it was a little bit ridiculous. And, you know, then he was let go and you and everybody knows how I how, how I feel? acted with that. I re- didn't react that too well about it. So, yeah, most mostly just that. That's all that, you know, we had we had missed for that last week and uh um we hope to uh continue not to uh miss any more weeks. Uh we try to keep up with everything and try to keep you guys informed and we're we're in talks with doing a lot of things right now with the show because granted we're not getting uh, I mean, we're not getting the emails. I mean, I have this. Time for email. I actually have, and we have had this for the past, I since the beginning. Th- I think since before the beginning. Yeah. Because we, we were doing like dry runs to practice and everything for that. Yeah, to deliver good content to you guys, but we've never gotten one single email about anything and you know it 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 started to uh i'll be honest and this is you know pulling back the curtain on our own show this was kind of deterring me as far as you know do we have any listeners if so how do we know you know we can't rely on analytics on the uh streaming services that we put our podcast on and uh you know, it, it it just it really started to mess with me, and plus with you know you you and me, you know how did it how did it feel with you? I mean, um, I was kind of thinking maybe we had issue there was issues with how we set the the email up. Um, kind of I was also kind of confused on how we couldn't see the analytics correctly, or what was going on with that because that could have helped. Um, well, the thing is, an- the analytics are not one hundred percent. The numbers and the and everything could be off by that. I'd like to know just by getting emails or feedback from people, like, "Hey, I listened to your show. Uh, I thought of this and this and this, or what they thought about the show, or anything about professional wrestling that we could talk about, or anything like that." But uh, you know, we get I get nothing. I check the social media sites. I check emails and it's like it was like almost on an everyday basis when we started and now I've noticed I've been checking social media and the emails less and less because we've been getting nothing and you know it just gives me cause of concern like you know at first it was like should we just make one last episode and just call it quits you know but uh, I'm then then that would come the issue of how would we how would we uh, what would, what, leave our boots in the wing, ring, I guess? How yeah. would we go about doing that? And uh, I'll be honest. To put um, it metaphorically, I guess. Yeah, put it in a good good metaphor. But I'll be honest, I'm too stubborn. I'm going to keep going on, and I'm sure, Chris, you feel the same way. So, I mean, we're we're going to need feedback from you guys. I mean... Anything about professional wrestling or what your thoughts on are uh, about the show. We we would love to get that back from you guys. At least feedback. Uh, 
on stuff like that. Yeah, that way you can give us ideas of what we can tweak on the show so you guys can be what still... What we could improve. Yeah, so that way you guys can still be tuning in and listening to, to what we have to say and everything. Because, I mean, this attention... It, it, in the end, we did this to be uh, broadcasting out to other fellow wrestling fans. You know, because we're only a small community compared to... You know, be you know, sports fans, you know, and mm. then of course, you know, we and as wrestling fans, we always get shunned on it. Like you know, it's fake and all that crap. You know, we want to have an inclusive, inclusive, you know, fan base of people that are shy to say that they're a wrestling fan to be a part of something, to be a part of a fan base to say we are wrestling fans and we're proud of it. And here is a medium to where we can talk about it. And this is what this show was, is mainly about. It's not only to get you guys up to date or current if you miss something, because we understand life happens. I mean, look what happened on our show. We've missed a few weeks here and there and putting out episodes for you guys because life happens. So, I mean, that, I mean that's my... I'm I'm gonna get down off the soapbox and everything, and you know we're gonna come to an end, to the end of the episode. But I just wanted to say that before we went off, and we started the other episode to go over fast lane. Uh, but Chris, any thoughts on anything like that? Um, not I mean not really. I already said what I had to say. Um, and then if I didn't say it, then you covered it pretty well. So. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, got nothing else left to do, but then go ahead and tap out for this episode. All right. Another one in the books. Um, stay tuned if, um, and we've already probably put it out already, but we've got the fast lane episode where we're going to be going over everything and in in depth with the, uh, premium live event fast wwe fast lane where there is a lot that we need to talk about on that yeah there is so, especially with some of the title defenses and stuff that happened there a lot of the matches too um but like i said you guys just stay tuned with us be patient with us we're trying to get good episodes out there and of course Chris, where can they get uh, a hold of us by email? Crosspromopod at gmail.com. That's crosspromopod at gmail.com. No hyphens, no caps, no periods, no nothing. All one word there. So for the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast, I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We, we gone. gone. my foot hurts what happened to it i think i got a splinter from stepping on that soapbox for too long oof we'll, uh, we'll probably have to get that splinter out then well don't use a staple gun <laughs>